George Kittle thinks Debo Samuel is going to be signing very soon. And the Smith family, Alex Smith family, going through uh, some more tough times dealing with adversity that they will no doubt overcome the latest with Alex Smith's daughter. And it's all coming up on today's Locked On 49ers. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker with you as always at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. If you don't know us, I'm Brian Peacock, NFL analyst, host of Locked On or host of the Peacock and Williamson NFL show as well here. Talking about the entire NFL on the Locked On Podcast Network daily. My co-host, Eric Crocker, former AFL NFL cornerback. He is also an Arena Bowl champion and we talk Niners every day here on the network. It's what we do. So uh, thank you so much for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Croc, freshly back from Real New quick. York. I am freshly back from New York, but we still got a little bit more business to, to, to talk about real quick. I did not check the most recent newsletter. But I know over the past, I don't know how long, the 49ers have been the number one football show on the network. It's been, I feel like, weeks running. So I don't know what's going on with the Packers and Peter right now. But we got to let Peter know, like, what's going on. We, we've been number one for a while, Petey. Yeah, yeah. We've got a new newsletter coming out Monday that we'll find out if, uh, if, if, if we're keeping that streak alive. And no doubt, Peter Bukowski Hey, Peter, he's one of the listeners. He helps us pad our numbers because, you know, he's listening to our podcast daily and, and taking notes on how to make Locked On Packers better. Uh, no, but love Peter Bukowski and uh, appreciate all the listeners out there making us the number one podcast on the NFL side of the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, great stuff there. Let's talk about the comments from George Kittle. George Kittle's been through this. He's been through what Debo Samuel has been through. And. He thinks that Debo Samuel is going to do exactly what he did, exactly what Fred Warner did in consecutive off seasons now. So he thinks the Niners are going to make it three in a row. And in about three weeks time, a week before training camp, Debo Samuel is going to sign his name on the dotted line. And the 49ers are going to make that long-term extension and sign Debo to a long-term contract. He's not too worried about it. He didn't say that that was necessarily inside information. He just said, and he said he might eat his words, but that that's what he expects to happen because that's how business has been done so far in the NFL that he has uh, observed. So that I think that's clear. And and just judging by what we went through this whole spring with the Debo Samuel stuff, and and that's, I've basically said kind of the same thing that 49ers fans, hold on, don't worry about it. I think we're going to see Debo sign that contract just like the, the guys before him in July sometime. And George Kittle feels the same way. Definitely. I mean, and I think a lot of people just when you take a step back and you breathe for a second, and you see how they have done the business and maybe Debo Samuel needs to do this as well. Yeah. They, you know, they've waited until around this time, right before training camp. And I say around this time, it's not July yet. So let's say a month from now, a month from now, I fully expect to see Debo Samuel sign. Now, that's not to say what 49ers have gone through up to this point and obviously prior to the draft was not a real thing. It was 100% real. And we have heard the report that came out today, and I know we'll get into that, but Debo Samuel has not resent his trade re request. So 
uh, Kittle, he understands the business aspect of it. He's seen all the other guys uh, wait things out and get paid, and he assumes, as I'm pretty sure most people, especially since where it's at right now, and uh, George Kittle brought that up, where it's like, dude, <laughs> they ain't get anything for him in the draft. Like, they will make it happen. They will get him signed, uh, and they need to because he's going to be a huge part of the offense. And if he didn't want to get fined for not showing up to minicamp, he definitely doesn't want to get fined every day he's not at training camp either. So it really seems like Debo Samuel, uh, I mean, there, there's really no other choice on his side of things. If he doesn't want to get fined, he's got to show up for the 49ers. I'm sure he'd rather show up with the long-term contract than not. Uh, and it would be surprising to me if if Debo was just going to go ahead and play on the last year of his of his contract that he's currently on. So uh, we'll see how that goes. And and I think I'm with George Kittle that that's probably going to happen in the next couple of weeks, you know, right about three week mark a week before training camp sounds about right for Debo to get his deal. Uh, just has 49er greats before him have. Uh, we, we've yeah. talked a whole lot. Peacock, we've talked a lot about, you know, why, and we still don't really have clarity on why this has gone the way it has. Uh, Debo did come out and say, it's not about money, but, it feels, at least right now, it feels like it is more so about money. I mean, yeah, and it really seems agent-driven, and we saw the same agent do the same thing and, and work out other trades for other wide receivers and, and you know get some money for A.J. Brown. And so you know maybe it's money-adjacent. Maybe it started about money and, and became something else. Or um, and, and Debo keeps saying, and it's funny because there was a report today, and actually we, we'll talk about a couple of reports from Jerry, Jeremy Fowler of ESPN, one about Jimmy G, but the one he – um, mentioned about Debo, which I believe was today, that Debo, yeah, he's a, uh, the, and, and you referenced it a second ago, that Debo still hasn't necessarily, you know, taken his his trade request off the table, but he's also changed. He, he also said that the reports were wrong, but he never said what the deal is, you know. So we still don't really know exactly what it is with Debo Samuel. But then he's like, you know, with the the Twitter sleuths out there and the Instagram sleuths see Debo like a tweet that says that, you know, Debo Samuel is expected to resign with the 49ers at some point. And he, and Debo likes it, you know, and it's like, you know, stuff like that. And I don't know how much. To Jeremy take Fowler, when he was saying that the, the reports weren't true and all, you can't believe everything you read. He, I don't think he was talking about Jeremy Fowler. I think he was talking about everyone, but Jeremy Fowler, because Fowler was only putting out what was kind of the real of the situation. He has requested a trade. And, and and remember his words were, "I just spoke with Debo Samuel. This is not like secondhand knowledge. This is not, um, you know, I talked to his agent or I talked to his teammate who talked to his agent who talked to his sister, and they said like, no, this is I spoke with Debo Samuel. He has requested a trade. So I think that part was like legit. I think it was the other things where you started to hear the speculations from other people, Adam Schefter, all these other people that were all oh, well, he's not happy with his usage. He's not happy with his role, which." As of right now, we're still kind of hearing those things about his usage as a wide back. And I know I've had to answer a lot of questions on different platforms about does he still have the same impact if he's not utilized that way? And how would that hurt the 49ers offense? How would that hurt a young quarterback like Trey Lance? But I think the the Jeremy report was always that was real. He requested a trade. Everything else was all speculation. I think that's what Debo Samuel was talking about. All the stuff that was wrong is the reasons why he requested the trade. But every possible reason has been 
thrown out there. So if none of them are true, then what the heck actually could it be? You know, uh, but and, and we've we've heard some stuff recently too about you know uh, part of it is maybe his usage as a running back, and I think that's probably part of it. And who knows, maybe they're the original. And and I th- and actually, it's funny because there's there's probably something to whatever the original offers were from the 49ers or like the very first offer and maybe they thought it was disrespectful especially after what we saw happen in free agency and george kittle mentioned that uh he said this week that that the 49ers should have signed debo three quarters of the way through the season last year because once free agency started the christian kirk deal and all the other deals now have just put that number in a really weird place and just made the gap of what the 49ers probably thought they were going to be paying in December versus what the reality became in the spring, it probably just made a a bigger gap and made that, it just probably made the negotiations more contentious. So I think that's probably what most of it is. Did you hear Kittle touch on like him and his contract negotiations and the tactics that he was going to do, but what was going on during that time with the pandemic and everything? No, I don't, I didn't catch that part. Oh, yeah, man. He talked about how he was not going to show up to OTAs and all that. But because of COVID, there wasn't real OTAs. So, And he was telling his agent, like, I, I'm going to training camp. <laughs> like, I'm not going to miss that time. I need to prepare. And his agent was like, all right, well, just don't do not do everything. Like, just, just kind of do, like, half of the stuff. But then ultimately the deal got done. So then Debo, I mean, Debo, excuse me, Kilo did everything. But he did talk about how he didn't want to become a problem. But he definitely kind of was going to be a problem. Like it, yeah. you were going to know that there was more of an issue, which I have heard from some reliable people. Not saying I got sources and all that, but I have heard from people that the Kittle stuff was a real thing, and that what they initially came at him with was very disrespectful. And the the Kittle said something else that I that I really liked too, and he said he got it from. Richard Sherman. He said Richard Sherman was advising him on the process when Kittle was going through it. And Sherman said, basically, it's like braces. It's annoying as hell and it's painful sometimes while you're going through the process. But then when you're done, you get the braces off, then you feel good and you forget you ever had them on and then and you're rolling and you feel better about yourself afterwards. Right. So I think that's kind of uh, a really good analogy for what it's like to go through this sort of contract negotiation. And, and we're seeing that's what Devo's going through. And, and a lot of them, a lot of negotiations for these, I mean, these are tens of millions of dollars we're talking about, hundreds of millions of dollars. So that, you know, teams aren't just going to flush $10 million down the toilet if they think, think they can get a better deal for a guy. Right. And players are going to fight for what they want to, and they, that's why they have their agents. So you know a lot of these negotiations are contentious, and probably the more money that's involved, the more contentious it can possibly be. But a lot of those things just don't become public. Like the Kittle stuff never became public. I'm sure there was some of that with Fred Warner too, and it never became public. But just Josh the, Allen. Yeah. Josh Allen was on that bus with George Kittle and, and uh, uh, Will Compton. On busting with the boys, that's where a lot of this is coming from. Yeah. And Josh Allen talked about his contract negotiations and how they were really far apart. And he went to, I believe, either the owner or the GM, and he's like, "Dude, like, what is going on? Like, why, why are we so far apart? Like, figure this stuff out, <laughs> you know?" So I mean, you know, I guess this happens to the best of them because he's considered uh, by most a top three quarterback in the NFL right now, and even he had issues with his contract negotiations. Right. And, and if if Prague is the guy who's 
you know, doing the negotiation or at least, you know, the, the money guy behind the scenes and the cap guy behind the scenes for the 49ers and, and figuring out where money should be. Of course, he's going to side as far on the team side as possible when he's negotiating this thing and work from there because that's his job. That's what he's paid to do. It's not like a disrespectful thing as far as like personal. He's not like, well, I don't like Debo. So we're going to lowball the hell out of him. They're just going to try to start as low as possible because they're trying, you know, they're, 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 that's his job, you know, just like it's Debo's job to, to crush souls on a football field, right? And he's not going to apologize for that because that's what he's paid to do. So um, that's that's just kind of where that is. And I'm sure there were some feelings that maybe were were hurt in some ways for Debo. Clearly, there was something going on there. But I think in the end, you'll get it all done. You feel good about it. And you start cashing those checks. And you realize, okay, I'm in a pretty good place. Now let's go play some football. And I think that's where the 49ers are going to be. And I think George Kittle's right. In the next few weeks, we're going to hear uh, about all of that. And we're going to hear about that deal getting signed and of course we'll have it covered for you like we do every day here on locked on 49ers next i want to talk about the jeremy fowler report on jimmy garoppolo a former 49ers quarterback alex smith who's been through so much physically and mentally to come back in his career now dealing with something at home with his own daughter and um, maybe some statistics on the pass rush we'll get into on today's program as well but first i gotta let the folks out there know about bet online your number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. Speaking of Jimmy Garoppolo, could he be a trade target for, say, Matt Rule's Carolina Panthers? He might want to make sure he finds himself a quarterback because right now at Bet Online, looking at the odds for the next NFL coach that is fired, Matt Rule right now leads the way with three to one odds to being the first head coach fired in the 2022 season after him, Cowboys head coach, Mike McCarthy. If they lose the 49ers again, the playoffs, uh, that, that might be, that might be what he has to do is beat the 49ers in the playoffs to keep his job because man, Sean Payton and the Cowboys feels like that might be uh, the, the next spot for Sean Payton after he takes a year off. Pete Carroll's third on the list at six to one. I think 49ers fans would not be upset and look, they need to figure out themselves a quarterback too. Maybe that's Baker Mayfield. So, um, there are some teams out there that have quarterback needs. Clearly, that is one of the driving forces behind the odds of the next head coach that will get fired in the NFL. And you can bet on such things at Bet Online. Find all the latest sports developments, not just wagering, league reviews, news, including this year's NHL playoffs, Major League Baseball, every day, golf, fights, MMA, boxing, live betting, esports, and more. So get over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action at Bet Online, where the game starts. Thanks again, everybody, for making Locked On 49ers your first listen every day. For your second listen, make sure you're checking out everything that's going on on the Locked On NFL side of things. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL YouTube channel, not only the Locked On NFL show, but the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Make sure you subscribe to, subscribe to Locked On NFL Draft featuring my guy, Eric Crocker, every day talking about the draft, talking about past drafts, and pretty soon talking about future drafts. Got to start turning the page to 2023 pretty soon. Uh, are you knee-deep in in prospect tape grinding yet, Croc, for the uh, for the upcoming season? Not yet. I just made a note of it. I was on a flight from New York, and I was like, all right, you got to start kind of putting some structure to the content that you're going to be putting out over the next five months or so, six months, however long it is, you know, football season. And watching a prospect a day was one of my notes. And eventually that, you know, it turned into two prospects. But right now, I want to start getting into one prospect a day. But we definitely have not turned that page just yet. 
just yet. We're still talking a little bit about the 2022 draft. A lot of fun guys, though, in the 2023 class. Can't wait to watch the receivers. Sounds like it's another terrific class. I feel like it's just always going to be a terrific class of wide receivers. That's kind of the way the, the college football landscape is going right now. How about, it's supposed to be a much better quarterback class too, which might make uh, that 2023 draft a little bit more fun. One more report, speaking of Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers and, and what could happen there, could there potentially be some movement? We knew early July was supposed to be the time that Jimmy Garoppolo could be cleared to start throwing. And according to ESPN's Jeremy Fowler, that is still exactly the case. Fowler says San Francisco 49ers quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo remains on schedule in his recovery from shoulder surgery and timetable for throwing per source. The expectation has been Garoppolo will throw over the next few weeks, early July, per Kyle Shanahan, and that plan is still in place. So, again, maybe that's another big news item that pops up before training camp. Does Jimmy Garoppolo get released when he is cleared to throw, uh, or does he start throwing for teams, and is he throwing for uh, potentially another team that trades for him and taking a physical there. Is that what teams are waiting for, to see Jimmy pass a physical before they make that trade? Does Baker Mayfield domino need to fall before the Jimmy G domino can fall? So a lot of questions there with Jimmy Garoppolo, but just a reminder that he is on pace to start throwing here in early July. I think the biggest domino is definitely Deshaun Watson and what yeah. happens well, with that. Uh, there was a report today that the the plan for the Browns is that they don't need to do anything and Jacoby Brissett's going to be QB1 if and when Deshaun Watson's going to be suspended because the story right now is that it's not only going to be just a flat-out year, it's going to be indefinite suspension. So year, and then they'll revisit it again. So potentially more than a year for Deshaun Watson. The Browns got to figure something out because they need – they have Josh Dobbs as the backup to Jacoby Brissett. The, the Browns would be in a bad situation. They're too good of a football team to roll out there with – Jacoby Brissett and Josh Dobbs, I feel like. Because, like, Brissett, <laughs> you so think they can suspend them for longer? I mean, again, I, I understand what the accusations are. And it is tough on one step because I try to look at everything from all angles. And I know if my daughter was involved in this, I want to kill everybody. All right? <laughs> right. But, you know, you hear from his perspective, and he's saying, I'm innocent. I didn't do anything without consent. So you have one guy saying this, you have a bunch of women <laughs> saying the opposite. And you don't know how some people are persuaded. You, you don't know any of this stuff. So, like, do you suspend him longer than a year? That seems kind of long, especially for a guy that missed all of last season, which I don't know if it was because of this or if it was because he just didn't want to play for the Texans. But a lot of moving pieces here, man, and it's tough. I, I don't know. I don't know what the right way to go about it is from any spectrum like he seems like the worst human in america like if these things are true but he says he's innocent and until he's proven guilty how do you give him a lifetime ban that that's well, the tough part i don't think it's a lifetime ban but it would just be like look we can now you're for sure gone this year because what we already know what 24 women have said the fact that you settled 20 of these cases already um that's enough. And the league doesn't need the league doesn't need a conviction in court, right? The league does their own has their own policy and does their own investigating and they can decide to do whatever the heck they want. And uh, as far as the you know, the reports are that the 
the rest of the owners combined are, are pushing for that. They're like, look, we want an indefinite. And then finding out what happens in these last four cases, maybe it's even longer than a year. And to me, there's not really a good comp for what his suspension should be in the NFL. But if you look over the Major League Baseball side, Trevor Bauer just got a two-year ban. 300 and uh, what was the 324 game suspension, <laughs> right? It, it, suspension for we, we've seen, seen, I don't know. It's, 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 it's terrible. I think it's terrible for the NFL. And I'm pretty sure the NFL is like, gosh, can we just make this go away? And, but I don't even know if there's anything they can do to make anybody happy. A year suspension is not going to be long enough for some people. And the, the, the league, again, the league doesn't need, guilt the league doesn't need an admission of guilt they don't need a conviction all they need to do is read the reports investigate it listen to the women and if they don't like what they're hearing they can do whatever the hell they want and uh and i think what they want to do is hear more and find out about the last four cases and while also making sure he's suspended for that year like it's going to be a year a minute that, that's when what do it they really feels like and then and then revisit it next offseason okay What's that? That's tough to drag this out for another, like to drag it out here and then drag it out for another off season. Well, yeah. Anyways, we're waiting for this domino to fall. So figure out what's going on with Jimmy Garoppolo. It's a big domino, but according to reports around the, the Browns, well, I guess it, it was more this, the story, the report about the Browns wasn't so much that they won't think about bringing in another quarterback because they probably do because they had three quarterbacks before. Do they want to go with just Brissett and Dobbs and that's it? They'll probably bring on somebody, whether that's somebody behind Dobbs or somebody to compete with Brissett at the top, at the high end or straight up starter. I don't know. They'll probably bring in a, at least a body. You got to have three camp arms. You got four camp arms, right? Um, but if, uh, it, but basically they were like, it's not going to be Baker Mayfield. It's going to be Jacoby Brissett. I think that's what the reports were more about than just trying to shut down the idea that they might bring in someone like Jimmy right. Garoppolo. So we'll see. But yeah, that Mayfield I to the Seahawks. We, Baker to the Seahawks feels like the most likely and the most logical. It always felt like the best fit. Then maybe Jimmy to, I, I still feel like there's something that, there could be a mutually beneficial three-way situation between the Browns and the 49ers and the, the Panthers because the Panthers need like, you know, picks going somewhere. Then Baker Mayfield going to the Panthers, Jimmy G going to the Browns and then the 49ers, it's up to them. What's, what's, you know, it's, it's like you're basically getting you're you're getting draft picks for taking on Sam Darnold's salary or or a portion of Sam Darnold's salary. You know, like let's say the Niners take on half, then you shed 16 million of Jimmy G's salary. What's that worth? What's nine million dollars worth in a draft pick? You know, not not a fourth round pick. <laughs> so yeah, so the 49ers might say, well, that doesn't help us. We'd rather just shed all 25 million because you can't give us a high enough pick to take on the nine million dollar contract. Oh well, I know well. I don't know what they're going to do, but I know I feel like they're going to do. And what it feels like, because of some of the things that Jimmy Garoppolo has said, come out and said, right, which was, I wouldn't work that, I wouldn't, I wouldn't wish that situation on my worst enemy. So once you come out and say that, it's like, I don't really want to be there. So you don't want to hold them hostage. So what you do is you say, listen, we're listening to trade options. If nothing comes from that, we are going to let him find the place for him. What is the perfect situation for him? 
his agent. So we will just let him go. We'll let him go. And I think that's what ultimately what happened, which I did not think that was going to happen before. I did not think they would just cut him and get nothing in return. But I think at this point, you do. Now, here's going to be the, the pushback and the question I've heard from other fan bases, obviously from the 49ers, a lot of people are worried about the backup quarterback situation. So I want to ask you, would you rather keep Jimmy Garoppolo as the backup for the amount of money that he's making right now? Or would you say, nope, need to cut him and everybody mostly has trash backups? Yeah. Not trash, excuse me. That's, I would, that's harsh word. It would it would depend Less on ideal. If you could bring in if you could bring Jimmy Garoppolo back for five million dollars, I'd keep him as the backup. But that's not gonna happen. So not taking the 20, rather, not taking a twenty two million dollar pay cut. No. I mean and, and he might have to take that pay cut for somebody else, but it'll be to compete for a starting job. And you know, it could be competing for a starting job with the 49ers. But um no, I, you would definitely just take the twenty five million dollar um, you know, um, you, you take that $25 million in cap space by releasing them. And then, you know, but that's why I think the Sam Darnold ending up on the 49ers makes sense. I think that's a perfect backup for Trey Lance. Cause I don't think he's threatening. He's still young enough and has some talent. You could see the 49ers winning some games. If Trey Lance gets hurt, Sam Darnold just enough to be threatening. Not really. I, I wouldn't say so. He doesn't own the locker room. Nobody knows Sam Darnold. You know, they're not going to like, <laughs> they're not going to follow Sam Darnold into the fire like they would Jimmy Garoppolo, right? He hasn't been there. Just a different guy. So if you get a draft pick and pay half of Sam Darnold's salary, who knows? Maybe you can flip Sam Darnold later. So are you saying that Carolina would take on Jimmy's entire contract? Well, plus... the, thing with, so the thing with Jimmy's contract is it's not guaranteed. So, if he's willing to take a pay cut anyway, which he's going to have to, if he if he gets released, he's going to lose money. So whatever he was going to get in free agency from the Panthers, they can say, well, let's just restructure your contract to that. But this way we have the ability to shed some money, which might get Jimmy more money because they're able to shed some of Sam Darnold's money to the 49ers, whether that's half of Sam Darnold's guaranteed 18 or whatever it is. Then you could restructure and it's a way for the Carolina Panthers to afford to pay Jimmy more to lose Sam Darnold's salary, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I think it's mutually beneficial for all these teams to do that. And it could be a wash. Like, think about it from the – if you include the Browns, think about it from the Panthers' perspective of being able to upgrade for free, essentially from Sam Darnold to Baker Mayfield, just by being part of this and throwing a little draft pick. So what if the – Panthers throw a little draft pick at the 49ers and the Browns throw a little draft pick at the 49ers to make this all work. And the Niners take on a little salary. Then they swap $18 million and Baker goes to the Panthers and the Panthers are able to have the same quarterback or same price quarterback, but they go from Darnold to Baker Mayfield. I would think they would see that as an upgrade. And I think the Browns would see Jimmy G as an upgrade. Whoa. Restructure his contract. Niners get uh, a pick from both of them, or maybe you know the um, the Panthers send a, a fourth to the Browns, so then the Browns can send a third to the Niners or something. You know what I mean? Like something like that to make it all work, or a fifth and a fourth, or you know whatever it is. And then the 49ers can save face. Hey, we held on to Jimmy all this time, and we got a pick. We got a mid round pick, and we have another backup quarter. So in, in this scenario, Darnold went to Cleveland. 
Darnold goes to the Niners in that situation. Oh, okay. Mayfield goes to the Panthers. Jimmy G goes to Cleveland. How how sure are we that Nate Sedfield is not a better backup than Sam Darnold? I would be. I, I would for sure take Sam Darnold over Nate Sudfeld. In fact, the same price, right? Uh, the 49ers clearly like Sudfeld enough that they guaranteed him $2 million, which makes me think they're prepared to just go in with Sudfeld as the backup and, you know, maybe Purdy's on the practice squad or something. I'm not confident the 49ers are going to win a bunch of games if Trey Lance gets hurt and Nate Sudfeld's the quarterback. I'd be which much would be confident. the case for any team, right? Like, it's not, oh, I'm not too confident 49ers win a bunch of games if Lance gets hurt. But I am confident that the Chiefs would win a bunch of games with Chad Henney if Patrick Mahomes goes down, right? Like, Yeah, I mean, some teams – and usually there's a sliding scale of how expensive the starter is and how entrenched the starter is versus how expensive and how good the backup is, right? But Chad Henney – I mean, Chad Henney's been in the league for a decade. I still would probably bet money that Chad Henney – plays a better game in emergency than Nate Sudfeld. But when you say like hurt, we're, we're, that we're talking about three games, you got to play Chad Henney. Right. I mean, it's not ideal, but that's the thing is your starters, Patrick Mahomes. So you're not also going to spend 10 million on a backup when you're paying him, you're going to start paying him $50 million pretty soon. But when you go to the teams that don't have a fully entrenched starter, then you've got backups like Gardner Minshew and you've got backups like, you know, Andy Dalton. You've got backups like um, like Fitzpatrick was for Tua, right? And so you have those types of backups. And that's usually the type of backup you get when you have a rookie contract quarterback who hasn't proven anything yet in the NFL. So it's sort of a sliding scale about, you know, how good the backup is, how capable the backup is. A guy who's been around, it can just help your guy in the quarterback room mentally, you know, that's, that's seen some things. And at this point, Sam Darnold's probably going to the journeyman territory, I would think. This is his, if he gets if he gets a chance he's going to get a coach fired and they're not going to be good and then he's going to become a dreamer. Well, the tough thing is he's had his chances and yeah. for these young guys like that's all you ever hope for is a chance and obviously the situation in New York wasn't great but he definitely did not help that situation and then just what a lot of people were kind of seeing but thinking oh, maybe no it was confirmed when he went to Carolina and. Not saying they have the best of everything, but you know they definitely is a. It was definitely a better situation than New York while he was there, and started off kind of like okay, two games in, all right. Then they played the Cowboys, they lost, and after that, it just went downhill. <laughs> he looked kind of. Uh, he looked. What you're talking about, right? When you're like, oh, I would definitely take Sam Donald over Nate Sudfield. If I'm getting those first two and a half games from Sam Donald. I'm 100% yeah. taking that. Like, yeah. Yeah, and, it's, and Nate Sudfeld's never even done that in the NFL, right? Right. So he hasn't done it for two and a half games, let alone. And there's been other flashes. And and Sam Darnold is just more talented physically. There's a reason he was drafted number three overall, and, the, and multiple teams have given him a chance. And you put him with Kyle Shanahan, maybe he figures out that last little bit. Um, and it's not to say he's great, but it's just an option. And it depends. It Would that even – and still the 49ers might say, no, we still would rather just – save $25 million, roll all of that over into next year's cap because a mid-round pick doesn't do anything for us and Sam Darnold doesn't do anything for us. And I would understand that too. So basically from the 49ers perspective is you have to you have to give us in picks for Jimmy G enough that it's it's better for us 
to take on whatever portion of that contract we take on. And would a team be willing to pay the 49ers that? Because for the 49ers perspective, just rolling over all 25 million would be way better than rolling over 16 million. If they don't think Sam Darnold's worth the crap. And if they're not getting any good picks back in return. Last thing I mentioned at the very top, it's a sad story. There's not really much I have to say about it, but former 49ers quarterback Alex Smith going through something with his family that's, uh, I mean, you know, as a dad and Croc, I'm sure you feel this and can't imagine going through something with your with your daughter, but um, former Washington quarterback, uh, this report from ESPN, I believe. Um, uh, no, sorry, this is the Washington Post is where the story story comes from. That's why they call him Washington quarterback Alex Smith. He's 49ers quarterback Alex Smith. Just shared on Instagram that his youngest child and only daughter Sloan underwent an emergency craniotomy in May to remove a large and rare malignant brain tumor. And Smith wrote on his Instagram post that, quote, this has been by far the most challenging time we have ever been through we know it's not over and we have a journey ahead of us but without all of you we could not have gotten this far so i mean we we all know alex smith's story what he went through with his leg but this is something completely different when you're a father and you're going through a brain tumor with your daughter so i, I mean there's not much i can add except for you know it's a scary story when you hear stuff like this and um it's real life stuff and so you know my heart my thoughts are out there with the uh with the Smith family and Alex Smith going through this and hoping the best for Sloan. Definitely. I mean, I can't even imagine it. And like you said, I mean, this, this family, they've just been through so much with, I mean, they almost lost Alex Smith. And I, did you watch that like special on the yeah. end? Mm -hmm. I mean, that was rough. So to see that, and then, I mean, your, your kids, you know, we, we want to be protectors of our children and you feel like, you know, man, I'm doing everything possible to, try to put my kid in a situation to where, you know, they can escape their realism of what goes out there in the world. But, you know, something like this, you just ask why, you know, and it's, it's tough. So definitely I'll say a prayer for the Smith family. Absolutely. And Smith, such a, Alex Smith, such a good dude. And, um, you know, if, if, it, you know, if she's got a heart like her father, you know, she's going to fight through it and, and everything's going to be okay. So that's the hope there with Sloan and the Alex Smith family. So I uh, just wanted to get that out there. And uh, sorry to leave the uh, the podcast on a down note, but that is something that we definitely had to cover, and I want to put that out there and, and some, some good thoughts. So everybody give some good thoughts to the Alex Smith family. Thanks for making Locked On 49ers your first listen every day. Make sure you're checking out everything else we have to offer on the network. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL channel. That is where the Peacock and Williamson YouTube shows are happening. And also, check out Croc all summer long, getting into those. I'm sure he's just watching all cornerbacks right now. You guys mix in some linemen, will you, Croc, when you're starting to watch these prospects for 2023? Um, and, uh, yeah, follow Eric Crocker at Eric underscore Crocker on Twitter. I'm at BD Peacock. Croc and I back tomorrow. And make sure you're checking out Wednesday's podcast where we finish up the finale episode of our all-time San Francisco 40. Niners draft. Croc and I back tomorrow right here. Locked on 49ers.